Welcome again to another episode of the Off Meta Report. I am your host, Formula 408, and with me tonight, as always, is Jess. And we also have another guest with us tonight. We have Mark, also known as The Lift, from the Legends Cast, pod- Legends Cast Podcast. That's a... We try, to, we try to make it hard to say. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, I, I said it the first time. I was like, wait, did I say that right? I did. Okay, let me try again. <laughs> Yeah, Mark's here with us tonight. The Lift um, runs the uh, Discord over there. Also, um, great community. So we're gonna have him on, talk to him about some different things, talk about some uh, climbing, some some ladders, some decks, and uh, a few other things we're gonna get into tonight. So, kind of ready to get it started. We can uh, hop over to Jeff. Man, you've been doing all right this week. Go just wrapping up the weekend uh, and. Uh... Just spending time at the house. It's been good. A little bit of yard work. That's about it, though. Yeah, y'all been uh, having any better weather up there? Wildfires uh, clearing out? Yep, no more fires. Uh, it's been a lot better. Um, and uh, things are things are calming down up here. Awesome. That's always nice. I know, Mark, you're up on the East Coast, y'all. Uh, how's the weather up there, man? It's got to be better than it is down here in the South. It's hot and humid every day. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's not bad. We have we have really good weather here, so we have beautiful falls, and, and fall has started. But interestingly enough, so I saw Jeff post in our Discord um, like this this terrible looking sky with the sun that looked like it was right after an apocalypse, and um, and I was like, what is what is going on? <laughs> this is like, well, his entire world was on fire, and yeah. it, it was weird. A couple of nights ago in Pennsylvania, uh, we had uh, a weird sort of sun too, and then we we saw on Twitter or, or whatever, that there was smoke that had wafted to us from the area in which Jeff lives um, and was blocking out our sun around sunset time, which was just kind of, was just kind of wild. Uh, it, it was, it was really weird to, to, to see that, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that's gotta be a good couple of thousand miles, good. right? <laughs> it's not, it's not a short distance. I don't yeah. know how far it is, but it's not, it's not yeah, a short it's, distance. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know it's a few hours by plane, so that's gotta gotta <laughs> yeah. be something. Yeah, so it's wild. This week was nuts. Uh, I did not have a ton of time to play LOR. Um, I've been. Uh, I got sucked back into TFT, uh, and I'm a pretty avid Elder Scrolls Online player. Uh, by pretty avid, I mean I've been playing since like Black Friday last year, oh. and love love the game. Um, but I had to write a paper for school. Uh, and I had to write basically another paper for work in addition to that, uh, and then had like all the normal work stuff Then my brother is moving. So I helped him move and we had a yard sale this week. Oh, so I don't know how that happened all in like the span of yeah. five days, but it was insane. Oh. Uh, it was, it was just nuts. Um, but tonight we sold my couch. So that's the biggest point of celebration. I had a junk couch that I hated. I would have paid someone $25 to burn it in front of me. Um, but somebody paid me $150 to take it in their pickup truck, which was amazing of them. So my, my wife is always amazed because I'll, I'll go through the garage and I'm like, we are getting rid of all this junk and I'll, I'll go on a Saturday morning. I'll clean it out. I'll take pictures of everything, put it on, um, Facebook marketplace. And she's like, nobody's going to buy that. And sure enough, there's streams of people coming by, you know, picking up all it's just junk, picking up junk. She's like, why are people paying money for them? Like, I don't know. They do. People will buy things. <laughs> we sold some old kickboxing gloves. I mean, they were still in good shape. You know, we just 
don't use them anymore for like 20 bucks a pair and she's like i can't believe people are buying them like hey people people want things well facebook is the place of the most is like the most deplorable place on the internet and so uh if, if if you're on there and you're selling stuff you might as well you know sell stuff to deplorables um and 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 turn a buck on them i guess you know so yeah yeah anyway i haven't played much um lor either i was saying early worlds for uh, league of legends starts this week i've been watching a lot of that and uh played a few more games than i usually would i, I haven't played in a while but um that kind of got me in the mood to play some more so i've been playing that um picked up a few games of um Runeterra, but not a whole bunch but it's still um still fun to see everything going on with the game you know even even when i'm not playing it every day it's still nice to see that there's people talking about it and that they're working on the game and that there's improvements to it and all those things coming through so you know it's not like it's uh even when i'm not there it doesn't feel like it's dead or anything like that you know i know there's always a game to play heck yeah man there's there's always and, good stuff in uh in lor and even without a lot of time to play yeah you can always get a couple of games in which is one of the things that i love about digital card games um and one of the things that pulled me in uh when i started playing digital card games was the fact that if you had 15 20 minutes you're sitting on the couch idly watching something uh that you didn't really care to pay attention to or better yet your wife is watching something that you really don't care to pay attention to um i'm able to jam out a couple of games uh, of lor um or or you know any of the different digital digital games that are out there um but i have found that it's like it's the most rewarding out of that's what i love about digital card games is it's the most rewarding out of any other mobile game in my opinion it is the most rewarding and robust mobile gaming experience is digital card games um and that's something that consistently draws me back to them you look at all of the other YouTube, we watch a billion five hundred thousand times and whatever it is but i think that card games are one of the best and that's what i love about them i can always get a couple games in a week at the very least yeah yeah that's that's mainly why i started playing card games is that it it kind of just itches that strategy uh part of your brain uh they're usually just not that much to they're complex enough but they're not too complex that you have to pay attention to every single little thing, uh, like on three different screens or, or anything like that. It's mostly just right there in front of you, and you can look up whatever you need to. Um, so one of the main reasons I play card games. Yeah, I mean, especially with like um, being able to net deck or whatever, you can put in as much yep. or as little as you want into the game. You know, if you want to spend the time crafting your own stuff and like really deep diving into it you can or if you just want to you know say oh man i'm going to find the timo sejuani deck and see see what i can do then you can do that too you know you you've got the options to mess around with whatever you feel like really yeah which isn't the case in every card game that's out there uh because there's a lot of games where you don't play pretty diehard not only you know not keep up with the meta but you almost can't keep a deck that's viable enough to even enjoy or to win a couple of games with um lor is a little different in that way in that it pretty much if you play casually a game a day maybe a couple games a day you get on there and do your quest which they've made very very easy to complete which is one of the things that i love about what riot did they set the bar really really low for being able to build a couple of fun and viable decks 
And yep. there are a lot more decks that are at least viable in the terms that you can win a game with them in LOR in comparison to a lot of other games. They give out the champions so much easier in this game. I think that, you know, for so many card games, you kind of hit a wall eventually. And you're like, oh, man, like, okay, they gave me a whole bunch of rewards early on. But now I see I grind my quest. I open a pack every three days, and that's how it goes. In LOR, that's a lot different. And I think that there's there's real play or player progression that you get every single day as you play this game where you get new cards to experiment with. I think the new player experience for LOR is a lot better than even many of the competitors in the scene um, on their release. I think that LOR's, I think that LOR's free-to-play model is really, really phenomenal. They've done Riot has done an exceptionally good job of staying true to kind of what they do when it comes to video games. Yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. And we, I came from a um, Pokemon background. That was the pretty much the only card game I ever got into. And if you wanted to play it online, you still had to get new cards for the online version and for the real-life version. So it was just, you know, almost unfeasible to do something like that. You know, with no, almost no perks. It took, I believe every month you were able to get, like, one new card for free. I mean, it was, it was rough. So, you know, it was um, coming to this game where you basically are only paying for cosmetics if you want to pay for something. I mean, you can pay to boost your collection a little quicker if you want to, but you don't have to. So it's it's been nice. I mean, I've still spent. I think that's the joke with this game. It's like, oh, it's free to play. Oh, yeah, you haven't spent any money. Oh, no. <laughs> I've spent tons of money, but it's free. Yeah. <laughs> I have been lucky. Uh, I've shown a great deal of restraint. I think I threw. Uh, I think I threw twenty bones at it when it first came into beta, uh, open beta, uh, because I wanted. Well, closed beta, I threw five bucks about the only thing you could. Open beta, I think I threw twenty at it just because I wanted to support the game. And then at Bilgewater, uh, when Rising Tides came out, I think that's the name of the expansion. Yeah, yeah. yeah Rising Tides. When that came out, I threw fifty bones at it and never ended up buying any cards spent everything on cosmetics eventually i don't really have any money in the game anymore but i don't really feel the need to there's only so many cosmetics you can use in any given game yeah. uh and there's probably a couple more like i really like the bilge water board would love to own that one just haven't picked it up yet there's a couple of other cosmetics that i'm sure i really want the diana emote that's one of the ones that i know that i want eventually um but i haven't felt super compelled to just buy 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 in this but that could be because I don't come from a League of Legends background where, I mean, that that is something that I think if you come from that background, you have a higher tendency to spend an yeah. enormous amount of money on cosmetics. Yeah. Um, I don't have quite that impulse. Uh, that's, that's, not, that's not in me to the same degree. Uh, so, so, Mark, how did you get started with podcasting for Legends of Runeterra? If our listeners don't know. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I got I started podcasting LOR because I like podcasting as a hobby. It's kind of like a creative outlet for me. Um, and I, I listened to – I started playing Hearthstone. I played Magic. I played Hearthstone. Um, as I was playing Hearthstone, I started listening to podcasts about Hearthstone. Uh, I was listening to the Angry Chicken every week. And uh, I would occasionally dabble in others, but it was like 99% Angry Chicken. And I really just felt like, man, I could do this. Um, I'm a communicator professionally. Like, that's what that's what I do 
mostly for my job is communicate with people. Um, and so I grabbed a couple of buddies and we threw together a podcast called Fireside Talks. And we recorded uh, about, I don't know, about 55 episodes. We went for a, a little bit over a year sort of covering Hearthstone news and what we we're playing in Hearthstone. Had a ton of fun with it. Ended up just like we slowed down with it. I had a kid. It was just we, we ended up, you know, putting the pause button on it after I had a kid and never picked it back up. So uh, I started, uh, I, I grabbed a microphone online. I had swapped from Hearthstone over to the Elder Scrolls Legends simply because I really enjoyed the game and I love the Elder Scrolls universe. And uh, so when I swapped over, I was like, you know what? There is no podcast. I was looking for a podcast about Tessel and there wasn't one. No, there was no one in existence except for Dead Broke Nerd did a podcast. It was like Dead Broke Nerd and Friends or something. And that one hadn't had an episode in quite some time. And so I grabbed a mic and just recorded uh, in one I, over two days. I recorded three episodes um, and and just started throwing them out there. And then I started hanging out in streams and inviting people to come and and be interviewed if they would for the the podcast. And the Tesla community was kind of dying off, so people were prone to sort of help out someone who was new in content creation. And then Tesla did die, and so uh, I I recorded for Tesla for. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was about six months. Uh, we we did about six months worth of episodes, maybe a little less than that. And uh, and the game died, uh, went into maintenance mode, and we sort of needed to pivot at that point. Uh, Dead Broke Nerd was my first guest on the show, and he had then become my co-host because I kept inviting him to come on to interview other guests for the show. And uh, and so he had become my co-host. I, I got into the closed beta for LOR. I knew that's where we were going. Um, as long as I could get DBN to buy into it, because we neither of us were a Magic the Gathering player uh, anymore, so we weren't going to go uh, to MTG Arena and do a podcast about that. Neither of us dug Eternal. I didn't like Gwent, although he liked Gwent, and there was already a Gwent podcast out there, and there's that's more than enough for that game as one one show weekly show. Um, but we knew that LOR was going to be big, and so we started covering it sort of like as it was about to come out. Sort of in between, we covered a couple of off games, but that's what we we jumped in with LOR kind of like right at the time that uh, open beta went live. And we've been covering it on a weekly show ever since. Um, and that that's really kind of like why I started podcasting um, as creative out. And then it's also given me a great opportunity to meet people, reach out to people and build communities, which is what I personally love to do. Um, and so uh, LOR has given me a great opportunity to build communities. I met people all over the world through podcasting and through playing this video game, which is, in, which is incredible. So that, that's something that I've really enjoyed. Yeah. You've got, um, a pretty big discord community over there also, right? Yeah. You know, I think in comparison to, uh, to other discord communities, maybe not. Uh, but, uh, you know, we have a couple hundred people who hang out, but we have a lot going on in it. And actually, you know, formula and Jeff are both part of our discord community jet is our lead admin um formula uh has been our league admin um because we have a, a discord uh lor league um we just like a, a organically a, a giant dungeons and dragons game pulled up out of nowhere recently um but there's just a lot of people who've been active and i think one of the coolest things is, is i've been able to hang out chat 
have phone calls with um chat with meet for pizza one guy who actually lives close to me uh, we went out and grabbed pizza together um who was just a member of our discord community and hung out one day for lunch um and i got to know him a little bit uh and that was really really cool so you know i think that's been one of the coolest things is that our discord isn't huge um, but it's rather robust because of all the work that jeff and formula have put into it um and then also because we have a pretty active community there, there's a lot of people who are in there every day yeah that's one thing about yeah. it i mean there's always always things going on always um a lot of activity always people talking if you ever need somebody to talk to you ever bored and you, you know just looking for something to do there's always somebody in there talking about something that you can jump in and have a conversation with or hang out or whatever so it makes it um makes it a nice place to to go and visit yeah yeah it's it's really a great it's a really great location it's something i look forward to checking in on basically every day yep likewise i uh you know as an admin i get asked you know hey what if we make a channel for this or that and sometimes i'm like we need a channel a whole channel dedicated to so-and-so and then it turns out it's like the biggest thing ever or you know we use it for a little bit and then it it dies down whatever but it just it gets a lot of uh traffic and you know it kind of it's funny because you see a lot of discord servers where people will uh join and never post and just lurk forever um this one specifically i just feel like a lot of people join and then they might lurk for a little bit and then you know something something will pull them out of their lurking and they'll just start oh yeah I, I love this deck i started playing this deck as well and i you know i started using this card instead of this card you know little things like that uh we even have a lot of off-topic stuff like um we have a lot of like the league uh, we have a channel for other card games and other games in general uh we even have like a uh like a media channel where we talk about um, TV or movies and, you know, talk about an episode of uh, The Mandalorian or, or whatever. Um, and so it, it's grown from, this is where we talk about Legends of Runeterra into, this is where we talk about whatever, whatever we want. And uh, we've actually, a lot of people have made friends here. I know I have, and it's really cool. It's really great. Yes, um, it's been real, uh, real, real, real rewarding to uh, to be a part of. Maybe I can get my words out tonight. Who knows? Um, yeah, I guess I guess getting back into um, me a little bit. Uh, Legends from Terra. Now that um, you know, Mark's kind of given us where where he's came from and what he what he's been doing. Um, I kind of like to get into a couple topics if that's all right with you guys. Um, we've been trying Let's to move it. move the podcast into a more topical sort of um, direction instead of just talking about decks because there's there's always places to to find decks and see what people are playing, but um, not always somewhere to talk about things that are going on or different uh, aspects of the game other than other than what's strong in the meta and things like that. So. Um, you know, one of the things I really wanted to talk about this week is um, the keywords on cards and what keywords we think are the strongest, you know, our, our top five strongest keywords in the game right now. 
And um, one of the things that made me think about this is when there there's um, I'm not going to reveal it, but there's one type of deck, and anytime I play it or play against it, I, I, all I can think is, "Wow, this this is so dumb. Like, why is this even in the game? It's so ridiculous. It shouldn't be here. <laughs> Something needs to happen to this, and it it's always stays there. It's always around." So, um, you know, I think it's just probably the strongest keyword in the game, and we'll get to it. But um, there are a lot of them that are really good and really strong, and a lot of decks have been built around keywords. You know, not just um, not just the the decks themselves, but the um, but the whole deck revolves around certain keywords. So we're going to try to maybe get into that and see. Um, see what we think the strongest ones are right there and I know um, Mark I don't know if you wanted to start maybe and give us what you think your your number five would be yeah absolutely uh, you know I, I, I kind of was I, I was writing out all of them down I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through and give you guys I want to make sure we know what they are right because right right because yeah. there's there's a lot in this game and I don't think that I missed any but I might have so uh, I, I just sort of like scrolled through um, all of the characters or all, all of the, the, I don't know, minions. I guess they're not called minions. but So, so we have Elusive, which of course can only be uh, blocked by another Elusive creature. Quick Attack, which attacks first. Challenger, which lets you choose who you attack. Fearsome, um, who uh, allows you to not be blocked by anything with uh, two or three, less than three power. Regeneration, you heal at the end of the turn. Barrier blocks damage tough makes every source of damage you take take one less overwhelm means that any damage that you would deal in excess of the target's health gets dealt to the enemy nexus scout if you attack with only scout minions on the beginning or on your attack you get an immediate second attack action or you can take another attack that round ephemeral they die at the end of the round or after they've uh, struck um fury uh whenever it kills something gets plus one plus one spell shield blocks it from the next spell that would hit it it doesn't nullify the spell but blocks it from attacking that specific thing a tune gives you a spell mana uh vulnerable makes uh, your opponent able to dictate uh who or what that blocks life steal of course deals damage heals that much and deep which if you're below 15 or more less cards in your deck you get plus three plus three and then uh, of course there is the can't attack and can't block either so i kind of wrote them all down and then i gave a whole bunch of like just one through tens like i just threw a bunch of one through tens i took my one two three and then i split my fours up between my spot four and five that was kind of like my my theory going into it but something that i found really interesting in legends of runeterra is there's multiple negative keywords so like you don't want to have can't attack you don't want to have can't block you don't want to have vulnerable and you don't want to have ephemeral like those are all right. keywords in this game that you do not want to have on right. your on your stuff um but my number five was my number five took a little bit of time to figure out it was between four and five on this one my number five i went with barrier um and barrier specifically because legends of runeterra is a combat trick oriented game in many 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 ways a lot of the game is oriented around choosing your blockers and who can out trick the other opponent to gain board advantage which is one of the things that does really draw me to legends of runeterra um but barrier is a a really strong combat trick that is oftentimes very very difficult to deal with and so my number five is going to be barrier before i say my number five i want to give a little honorable mention 
to um to one and the only reason I say that I, I think it is an incredibly strong keyword, but it's so um it, it's not used very much, so I didn't feel like putting it in my top five. And that was a double attack, which is the quick attack oh, plus shoot. a regular yeah. attack. I think there's only one one card that one non-champion card that has that and then um lucian also has it if i'm yep. if i remember so I, I didn't think it was used enough to for me to put it at number five but I, I i do think it's pretty strong so i wanted to go ahead and and drop that out there but um for my number five i have regeneration and i think regeneration especially in um you know these metas where you have the so much Excuse me. So much damage to the face, where you're taking uh, two damage or three damage here from um, Mystic shots or the um, TF Rick cards or anything like that. To be able to get that health back, I think is really, really strong and um, a really, really strong keyword that you can have. So that's, that's why I put that at number five. Yes. Uh, yeah, I actually went with regeneration too, um, and I think that would have changed before. Um, probably before Rising Tide. Uh, well, I don't know when I decided that it's probably more likely. Um, but it's a lot different than regeneration in Tesla, because that seemed pretty useless. Uh, but I think re regeneration, if you put it on a big, sticky creature, you're you're gonna have to deal with that. Uh, I think Trundle has definitely proven that. Um, Vlad, not so much, but um. Trundle definitely is tough to get rid of when you have regeneration and some uh, some some combat tricks or buffs that you can give him. Uh, so I definitely agree with that one. Yeah, and I uh, I like barrier too, Mark. I, I know um, my one of my favorite one of my favorite uh, champions in this game is Shin, and I love playing him, and I love being able to get the. The um, barrier and stand united is one of my favorite cards to play because it's just such a an anti just a, such a shutdown what your opponent wants to do card you know they want to do this and not only are you giving barrier you're switching the units around so you know they will try they can't will they can't you know do anything like that you know it, it's it's a great great card and barriers are you know pretty pretty strong mechanic in this game also it's it's super strong um it's not hasn't been very popular, I think. However, um, it's I think they have to limit the amount of cards they put with barrier. Uh, well, because if you give that to everything, then it's going to be extremely strong. I remember pre-season, so during open beta, I think there was the... Um, the barrier deck where you had the card that gained um plus two every time one of your allies gained barrier and you played that with shin and then you played the demasi and um nine cost unit that gave everyone barrier and then her attack got up to just like ridiculous levels if i remember margie ever did you ever play that one or you remember that sure. deck? yeah i mean bbg was actually uh running that deck for the uh, fen uh, uh shen fiora deck 
uh, with with that exact thing in it uh, over I don't know last week for a while. Um, that oh, was wow. kind of his go to deck. So yeah, it's it's actually still really strong. Uh, is it you know barriers strong? Fiora is actually pretty strong because we had some pretty strong board centric decks um, that uh, that wanted to run like you know zero attack stuff. Um, to to be able to ramp, or they were running really board centric stuff to be able to to aggro down your opponent, and in those scenarios, sort of like combat trick Fiora is is really strong, and uh, and they also ran a lot of the barrier stuff. Uh, and it's I don't know if that's a green glade, I can't remember the name yeah, of it. That, glade, the, so. that one drop something or other, um, that that is super super strong in that deck. And then of course the nine mana give everything barrier when you play it and when you attack with it is extremely powerful uh that yeah. that card's very very strong yeah green glade caretaker is the name of the one drop and uh <laughs> i was gonna stroll down really quick and see if i could see the name of the nine oh yeah bright steel formation is the demacia yeah. nine drop um that gives barrier and, and when you play and when you attack yeah and yeah. that's uh I, I saw that video by um bbg i didn't watch it i saw but i saw he had something with shin and fior i might have to go back and in and check it out then he's always got some pretty good stuff um jeff number four man what you got for number four over there uh for number four i put challenger um i think it's uh definitely helpful to be able to choose what you are attacking with what uh specifically i i put it on number four because um it's not super easy to give everything you want, Challenger. Uh, there's a couple cards that I think there's a card in a couple cards in Demacia that allow that, um, which is funny because Vulnerable didn't make my list, but that's okay. Um, Challenger is definitely strong. Um, definitely giving, making that, making forcing those trades definitely helps a lot. So that, that was my number four. Yeah, I really think Challenger is a really strong keyword. I have it also um, a little higher up than the number four. But um, I, I think, you know, you had those Demacia Bannerman deck forever. And one of the strongest parts of those was um, the Fiora or then the um, Laurent, uh, Laurent Protector, the 2-4 uh, with Challenger, being able to play him. And it not only lets you take units out, it also lets you move units from defending against who you want. I know, like, with, um, you know, especially when you summon the, um, in the Shadow Isles text where you uh, summon the Ephemeral Challengers, the Saplings with the uh, 2-1 Challenger. Being yep, able yep, to very use strong. Those, being able to use those to um, isolate and not even always to to um, take out their units, but also to be able to move their units further down the board to where you can get the damage on the board earlier. You know, a lot of times you can win the game like that. You put your units out early, they can't block. You you know, even if they have life steal or something like that, you move them so far down where the game's over before they can life steal it. I think Challenger's really, really strong. Yeah, my, my number four was Spell Shield, and it came in really close. The Spell Shield and, and Barrier are both very, very similar. 
um, in the fact that they can combat trick. But the interesting thing about Spell Shield is there's not quite as many combat trick options. You basically have Bastion, um, which, of course, is a burst Spell Shield, which is very, very strong. Um, but Spell Shield guards some of your big creatures. Um, and, and some of the more disappointing things in this game is when you invest a lot of mana in a large creature in any card game. It's, you know, going really, really tall and then having them sort of gain a huge tempo swing by being able to remove it with a cheaper piece of removal. Um, and, you know, in many cases, you could drop your really big guy. Maybe you have Trindamir. Maybe your opponent blocks and kills the Trindamir. He levels up. So you spent nine mana on it, and they have a Vengeance, and they have three spell mana. So they're really only spending four of their mana. It's such an enormous tempo swing back in your opponent's favor. Um, it's really hard to be able to deal with. So whenever they release um, the uh, the mountain the mountain expansion with Targon in it, and they release Spell Shield, I have found Spell Shield to be very, very strong. It feels really good to have Bastion in hand whenever you're playing and you're like, okay, I'm setting up either an OTK or I'm setting up a lot of damage or I'm setting up a, a creature or a champ that really, really needs to stay on the board. Um, the ability to be able to toss up that, that Spell Shield and know that you're going to be able to survive. And also the fact that Spell Shield doesn't automatically go away at the end of your turn. And that is what, for me made it better than barrier right barrier always lasts one round whereas yeah. spell shield unless it says it lasts a round will stay on so they have to target twice i mean this allows your aurelian soul to absorb a ruination before it goes down so uh you know that's a, it can absorb a lot of mana and bastion is sort of like the mvp of spell shield but it's also very strong on some of the bigger more powerful creatures especially some of the celestial cards so there's not a lot with it yet but i think we're going to see more and more spell shield as the game goes so spell shield is my number four yeah i think um one of the things that spell shield really causes your opponent to do is to focus on their decision making you know whether or not you want to waste the seven mana or five mana or whatever to put out an attack on a unit where you know it's not going to go through just to get the spell shield off like that's that's a big commitment. You know, do you want to, you know, use um, Grasp of Undying on a Rebellion Soul even though you know nothing's going to happen? You know, you're, are you going to blow the five mana just so you can try to set something up for later? Like, that's that's a big commitment for for zero mana, you know, but sometimes you have to make that. You know, it makes your opponent have to make those kinds of decisions about – because I've been there. You know, I've been playing against those decks and say, man, I have to get rid of this guy. I know it's going to cost me two spells, and at this point in the game, it's going to be two expensive spells. I know I'm just going to have to blow something. Yep. And mm -hmm. it's tough. It's tough. It, it's a... As a player, it's not something you you feel good about playing a Vengeance for seven mana that you know isn't going to go through just so you can try to play another one later. You know, 14 mana removal, basically. So... So yeah, I agree. I think spell shield's pretty strong. I'll be glad to see it get on more more cards. I think that's um, the reason I didn't put it put it on my top five right now is because we. Um, I think the units that it's on are already really strong. I don't think it's on enough units yet to for for me to have um, to put it on there. But yeah, I, I agree. It's it's a really really nice, really strong thing. My um, my number three. Oh, my number four. I never talked about my number four. My number four is Quick Attack, and I think uh, Quick Attack is pretty strong, I mean, for obvious reasons, you know, being able to attack, um, not take the damage as long as you can, 
do more damage than their health, and especially with all the um, ways to boost health or do damage pre pre attack to to get their HP down. I think it's really um, really a pretty strong strong um, function of the game. Um, that's why you don't see cards with more than three or four power having quick attack because it just it would just make it too too OP. You know, if you had something with a seven or an eight of quick attack, like it would never almost never take any sort of damage from a um from a follower in combat. You'd have to remove it in some other way and that that would just be too strong. So so if you can get those quick attack units and get a nice buff to them then then it uh it does make it a pretty strong pretty strong unit I think. Definitely. Uh, like you said, like we see two attack and three attack pretty standard with quick quick attack creatures um and and it is by design uh for sure it, it's just really powerful um yeah my number three i had scout and i think i had scout here because there's just been attacking is just so i mean attacking is how you win this game and being able to attack twice in a round is really really strong Entire decks have been built around Scout. Um, you know, you have combat tricks that are used just for Scout. You have um, uh, Gen Genevieve. Um, you know, she's played. Yes, yeah, she gives you plus one, plus one, but she's a Scout unit. So you can play her. You can attack with her, kill something, and then attack again and be able to, to get that boost. And I think Scout is just really, really strong. Yeah, uh, definitely. It's it was like rally before rally existed, or after rally existed. Yeah, um, yeah. Especially but, when you have uh, cards like misfortune and things like that that depend on their level up depends on attacking. You know, or yeah. so so you know it really gives a boost to those and and um, if you can do it with uh, bigger units, it, it makes it really really nice. Um, Mark, what about you? What what do you have over there as your number three? Me? Uh, me or Jeff? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did, did my mic cut out? <laughs> no, no, just... okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. My number three is also Scout, actually. Um, I think that Scout is an incredibly powerful keyword. And, and to be fair, when I looked at these, I tried to look at them kind of like in a vacuum. So that was my goal. Um, I wanted to look at them and say, okay, w not how many are these printed on, um, not do I like the cards that these are printed on necessarily, but in a vacuum, how strong is this card and or how strong is this keyword and i think that scouts have proven themselves to be really really strong as a keyword in general um but i think that there there it, it's a really it, this one was actually contending like this one could have been my number one like the ability to open attack the the sort of the back and forth nature of this game the the pass bluffing and stuff the sometimes scouts just allow you to attack with one scout just to say i don't want to pass because i don't want to lose the turn but i also don't want to play anything i want to make you make that decision first right and i've always really liked that about scouts i think that they have been shoehorned into a pretty aggressive strategy um but i think that there is room for 
sort of exploration in scouts still um, that maybe they don't have to be used exclusively aggressive if we get some more cards with scout in the future. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that we get a few more cards with scout in the future, but I think they have to be really careful with, with what they do in regards to that. Um, scouts are not in a bad place right now, and they're not in a bad place because there's not too many of them. If they printed two more aggressively statted sort of strong cards with scout in Demacia, um, it would be it could be really game breaking uh, or in Bilgewater because I, I just feel like you could there's just too much redundancy there. If you were able yeah. to get to the point where you're able to turn one, turn two, turn three, turn four reliably drop scouts, it could get too powerful. So that's why scouts made it to my number three. I think it's really powerful. And if we get anything else for it, it would be even stronger. Jeff, what did you have in number three, man? Uh, number three for me was lifesteal and maybe i'm just thinking about those creatures that i really hate playing against that have lifesteal um radiant guardian <laughs> oh yeah radiant radiant guardian um and dead bloom wanderer i think that's the one yeah yeah i you know dead bloom to a lesser extent but um I just w once that radiant guardian comes down, it's probably over. Like you, you probably cannot out damage a five attack heal with cup. It is pretty rough. Uh, just it, it just there's not a lot of life steal cards out there right now. I mean, there's there's a few, uh, but it's just really powerful and uh, really easy to just keep. Uh, keep the game going yeah i think that's kind of a design not to do that they don't they don't want it to to last forever so anyway yeah, yeah when um when calista has the dark water scourge as her um leveled up calista has dark water scourge as the card she pulls out every time she attacks and it's two and five life steal yeah that's that feels bad too super fun yep super fun See, it's interesting. I, I thought about Lifesteal, and I was like, you know what? This is really good, because Radiant Guardian's good. And then I was like, hold up. Is Lifesteal good, or is Radiant Guardian good? Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm, I'm more on the boat that Lifesteal isn't necessarily good, as much as... And that's why it didn't, it didn't end up making my list. I, I'm just not convinced that Lifesteal's great. I'm just convinced that Radiant Guardian is a card that's really just a really good card. Um, I don't, I'm not so sure for me anyway that lifesteal is like and maybe lifesteal just isn't printed on enough good cards but we did get one this last time right we got an Ionia lifesteal that was kind of like oh that could be hype like maybe maybe yeah. that's good it's like a three mana four three with lifesteal I think um, mm -hmm. four two three mana four two the tasty tree folk or fey folk tasty fey folk three mana four two with lifesteal but it just never really made a uh, much much of a splash and i think it, it i don't know a lot of times in other card games life steals just not good it's it, it's interesting because tesla actually it wasn't terrible but a lot of times life steals isn't good i i'm still kind of on the the feeling that radiant guardian is a really good card and it makes life steal look really good because it's on that card i think life steal is tough to play against you know i, I remember there's always been some deck with lifesteal that just feels bad you know you had the kinko elusive when you when um when elusives are strong you know and the kinko would come down and 
she'd have been buffed by the um, jewel protector. So now she's a five-five with the light steel and elusive, and it's just like oh, you know, like I, I think I think life steel is only strong when the unit has a lot of HP and a lot of power. You know, if they're five-five or higher, then it then it's strong. But below that, you're not going to be able to get the value out of it. I don't think. This was exactly my thinking, actually. Um, aside from Darkwater Scourge, which is 5 attack 5, but also ephemeral. Uh, everything else that is playable, not not counting Soul Forger, because that is not good stats for the cost, um, generally. Uh, yeah. Everything else has two, uh, two health, and can get wiped out by Mystic Shot, or whatever, and deny for that lifesteal. So I think that was it. If we see and and um, the silver, no, sorry, the golden sister has life still, and she has three health, which I have seen. She's gotten you know gotten to attack three times. You know, on average, she's attacking at least twice. So the fact that that uh, you know she is that card that I think we see just a four three or even a. Uh, you know, something with those similar stats, um, even a three four with lifesteal, I think that is um I think it's gonna be a pretty good card. Uh and and I that I think that's probably the biggest big reason there. I, I pick lifesteal. Uh, but but yeah, and also just take radiant garden. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Um moving on to the top two, we're we're uh Rounding out my number two, Jeff mentioned it earlier. His number four, I believe, is a challenger, and I, I, I think challenger is really strong. I think it's a really, really strong mechanic in the game. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, we talked about it earlier. Not, not a whole lot of reason to rehash it, I guess. But I, I think challenger is really, really strong. Mark, what, uh, what do you have? Yeah, sure. Uh, my number two is probably a, a bit controversial because I think it's probably made someone else's at least one other person's number one. Uh, my number two is elusive. Uh, I think elusive is strong. Um, and uh, as so as a keyword, though, I'm not sure. Right. I think it's strong mostly because of a couple of specific decks who have abused it really, really well. Um, I don't know that it's strong simply because it is like like in a in a vacuum right as i was trying to i was trying to observe elusives like i think that elusives have been more annoying than anything else um you know if you, i'm thinking like some other cards of elusive timo ezreal right they haven't been so much so that's like oh my gosh elusive oh i can't deal with elusive elusive is the worst like typically you find some way to deal with that it's the decks that have abused elusive stacked all elusives and then hyper buffed those elusives for an aggro build that has been bad for the game and i think that riot has consistently shown that they're going to tune that down until it doesn't happen anymore they keep going back and taking every elusive and dropping its attack by one or two um, or they just keep making it worse because they want to say listen we want you to play elusives to sort of maybe tick in damage a little bit but we don't like i'm even thinking of the the one mana one one with fearsome elusive um uh the the That's chick true. from bilgewater right like yeah. you don't you you play against that and you're like 
that's where elusive should be right sort of pinging away at your health one at a time so that it can level up the champions that are in your deck typically sejuani gangplank runs that card and i think that is a place where elusive fits i think that elusive being in a place where you're paying a high cost in tempo in order to get something that's likely going to be unblockable attempting to sneak it through to do something with ezreal or timo for example to plant mushrooms or to grab mystic shots i think that makes a lot more sense for elusive i think that elusive is strong i think it's the second strongest keyword in the game i just think that um I, I think that to a large degree it has been hated because of how it was abused in kinko elusives for so long yeah spoiler elusive is my number one um i i, I do think is is i do think <laughs> it's the strongest mechanic in the game and i think um i chose it as well yeah i think it's just the fact that you can build an entire deck around it you can have your whole deck based on elusives you have early game you have mid game you even have um late game you have um the two different elusives the one that will give you a plus two plus two to all your units and if you've got three four units on your board already that are elusive and you play that now you've got an extra six eight damage coming down and that's sure. enough to to take out to um you know to win the game right there usually at um you know, so I, I think the reason I picked it is just because it's it's a a lot of these a lot of these keywords are hard to build an entire deck around. Like you can't you can't you can build around scouts. You can build around challenger to some extent as long as you have something else with it. But you can't build around regen. You can't build around life steal. But elusives you can build around no problem. Like it it doesn't. It's not even. You know we see it every patch there's a some sort of elusive deck that people are playing and it's always it's it's one of those things if you have the cards to stop it then you win but if you don't have the cards to stop it then you don't and i i know that seems pretty basic and straightforward but a lot of times you know you you don't necessarily have to have something just to counter certain cards or you know to do damage to the face or to to do damage in specific ways to be able to win a match but when you're playing against elusive, it feels like you do. It feels like if you don't have a way to damage the units with um, you know, some sort of combat card other than just attacking, then there's no way to to get them off the board. So I think that's that's why I think that that the elusives are just so strong. And Jeff, uh, I, have, I have a thought. I have a thought on that. But Jeff, what was your number two? Because you just said your oh, elusives right. was number one. Yeah. Yeah. But um yeah. yeah my number two uh, oh I, I said my number two already it was a challenger we talked about yeah Je jeff what's your number two i guess it comes down to you gotta hit face you know it's great that you have a uh, 12 12 but that's not gonna do much if it's jump block all the time so overwhelm pushes that damage through actually makes you know Darius, a playable card, for instance. Um, it's it's just it's also just a fun mechanic. I really like Overwhelm. Um, I'll have to say though, uh, one of the biggest bummers for me was finding out that um, Atrocity uh, or well, most any strikes from like a, like a spell, single combat, single combat. Um, 
that overwhelm that damage doesn't go through uh, to the face, which if you're familiar with Elder Scrolls Legends, sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, Tessel. Um, that's not the case, and you get those unstoppable rage decks, and, and I just would have loved to see an unstoppable judgment deck that just pushes fifth damage base with overwhelm damage, just slamming a, a bunch of creatures. It's probably good that Riot didn't do it that way, but um, that was a big uh, a big letdown for me when I started playing the game. <laughs> Uh, atrocities, a creature, and then also just, uh, you know, doing the excess damage straight through to the nexus, you know, things like that. Um, but uh, but overwhelm, I I just really like overwhelm. Yeah, overwhelm's a great ability. That was on that was uh hit, hit a number five for me. So it was really close. It was like it was really really close to to getting in there, but it ended up being number five for me. And you know what's interesting is they could actually give Atrocity the spell Overwhelm and not change Overwhelm and still be able to do that because Lux's, uh, Lux's uh, lasers have Overwhelm uh, on the spell yeah. itself, which is, the I think, the only spell with Overwhelm, um, which could be, a, could be really interesting. I would love to see more spells with Overwhelm beyond i love it whenever you go to luck something and they're like ha ha i'm going to sacrifice it and then it just deals four damage straight to their nexus that is one of my favorite yeah. things um okay my number one has been mentioned by you guys so evidently it is a good one my number one is challenger um i think that challenger is because of the basic nature of the game the nature of the game is we uh, i get an attack you you play your creatures but the ability to be able to pick and choose who is going to defend where whenever you're in a game where the defender gets <laughs> the, the the better choice um is so incredibly strong i think that challenger is something that oftentimes gets mixed in a wide variety of decks basically if you're playing a faction combination that can grab challenger you're probably going to have Challenger in it. A lot of times, Frail, you're, you're maybe going to grab, not not so much recently, but the Wolf, that 3-2 that, uh, with Challenger. Demacia, you're definitely going to have Challengers in it. Um, even, uh, like, you wanted to pair a lot of uh, sort of like the Ionia and support stuff with Challengers because Challengers with support is incredibly powerful. Um, and uh, it was interesting, Formula, what you said about, uh, you know, I, I put uh, elusives up there because you can build a deck around it. And I had the exact different concept coming into this. I was like, I wanted to see a, a, a keyword was really strong to me when you didn't have to build a deck around it. When on its own, it could go into any deck and be strong and beneficial to that deck when you don't have to build around it is when I look at the keyword and I think, man, that, that keyword's really strong because I didn't have to build a whole deck around it to make it work, um, which is, is one of the reasons that I chose some of these, which, interesting, Scouts is one that you do have to build around. I just think that Scouts is so yeah. wicked broken whenever you can yeah. build around it um, that it, it was just one that I had to I had to put in there. And I, I guess, you know, Quick Attack, was it was interesting because that was my honorable mention. I Challenger was one, Elusives was two, Scouts was three, and then Spell Shield, Barrier, and Quick Attack uh, all got fours from me. And I ended up just taking Barrier and Spell Shield because they kind of went together as a package deal and felt that that was a little bit easier um, to determine than Quick Attack. Uh, but yeah, that, that Challenger's my number one uh interesting that we went about thinking about that slightly differently yeah it seems like we still kind of came to the um 
almost yeah, the same very similar list. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, as far as elusive and challenger go, I mean, they're they're almost like a one A one B sort of sort of tier to me. I mean, they're both yeah, uh, very strong, and I um I I think the funniest thing about that is that there is elusive one elusive challenger unit that never sees play. <laughs> There's one unit that has elusive and challenger. I believe in Ionia. The he's a five cost. Is that right? Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Five yeah. cost four three with elusive yeah, and challenger. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Never sees play. Has both the strongest keywords in the game. <laughs> Useless. So that's um that's pr- that's pretty they funny. Kind of, uh, yeah, they kind of counteract each other though. They, yeah, they're anti synergy. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you ever yeah. want to challenge something with your elusive creature? Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's pretty crazy. What about uh, what about you, Jeff? What do you have for number one over there, man? Oh, you had elusive also. That's right. We had right. overwhelm. Yep. Yeah, and overwhelm was number two. That's right. We had elusive. Uh, overwhelm was number two. Good deal. Yeah, so I think there's a pretty uh pretty strong consensus about at least the top five or six. You know that, or the top three for sure. I think um, you know, elusive challenger, scout. Even overwhelm, I had it number four or five. I think you know. I think that's another deck that you have. Um, another keyword that you have decks almost built around with Sejuani. You know, if it wasn't for overwhelm, it would be hard to have a deck like Sejuani or even some of the gangplank stuff where they have to level up over doing damage to the Nexus every turn. You know, it makes it a lot easier to to do that when you can. Um, and just Sejuani having overwhelm to get her Frostbite off when she attacks. So. You know, there's been a, a lot of strong keywords, and it, it's one of the interesting things to see about this game is that there's always new ones coming out. Like when Vulnerable came out, when, um, what was it, Invoke and Attune came out, you know, like, oh man, you know, what what are they going to come out with next? And I know they already have other things that they're planning, and, you know, it's kind of like, what, what, um, what can they do now? Like, what, what other sort of keywords can they come out with? So it's, it's going to be fun to see and uh, see how they rank up against what's already out there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely something to keep your finger on. Looking for the next the next keyword, the death touch keyword. I'm waiting for it. That's, that's yeah. the... I don't want it. That's the no, one that you. we're missing, though. What, what's, uh, I'm, what, what's, what's the death touch? Death oh, touch uh, is Hearthstone. Oh right. yeah, I never played Hearthstone. Yeah, so Death what? Touch Death Touch is in, in just about everything. So it's in it's in Magic the Gathering, it was in Tessel, it's in Hearthstone. It's uh any it, as Under- long as you're as long as you deal any damage to a creature, it kills that creature. So it was lethal okay. in Tessel. Okay, okay. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. I've seen that in yeah, other card games. Yep. Good deal. In yeah. what, in Magic the Gathering, if you had Death Touch and Lifesteal, Death Touch literally read you deal damage to the creature in the amount that would kill it. So if you had Lifesteal and you attack something with a thousand health, you would deal it a thousand damage with your one one and then gain a thousand health because your one one would deal a thousand damage in order to kill that creature. Yeah, I think I think with something like that you would have to have a one HP or two at the most, you know, something that can definitely be removed pretty easy or you know even even have it with um or even if it had more hp if it had zero power or something where you had to buff it to be able to get to get any use out of it you know which you know if you have decks like these lulu and stuff where it buffs up to a four four it wouldn't be bad you're always going to be getting some value 
but um and you'll need spirit box yeah that'll be interesting to see if they come out with that or what what else is coming it's always fun that's that's one of the things i like most about this game there's always something new coming out they're always working on something it never feels stale they've always and and they're always active with the community about what they have coming up and um you know letting you know that hey we're working on things we're trying if something is broken they're always quick to fix it so it's, it's nice to have that um interaction with the uh with the developers and everything about the game as a community member yeah um you guys have anything else you want to uh get into tonight or is that about it I, I think um i think i'm i'm done we've been at it been at it a little while i know it's a uh, late for some of you and still a little early for some of you but we can uh wrap this up i know i've got a fairly long long day ahead tomorrow gonna take the kids to school so that'll be a that'll be an adventure yep that's that's all for me um we got we got one side of the legends cast uh team so i think we're gonna get uh deadbrook nerd on here next time or one of these times coming up here whatever we can schedule with them yeah that's uh, awesome so you know, and and you know lift you're a great friend of ours um and we're just just happy to be part of the community and probably a big reason why we're doing this also so i mean you're inspiring others and you know you're you're growing that community and uh we're all we're all kind of doing what i what we can to um to make a difference and uh to make those connections like you said just making those uh community connections absolutely yeah thanks guys i really appreciate you having me on the show and uh uh really appreciate the opportunity to come and hang out with the two of you and like i said when we started it's it's good to be able to hang out with folks from the community and out of all the guys in the community, you know, you two are the ones who I probably know the best. Um, but it's still really good to be able to hang out with you and to be able to get on uh, the Off Meta Report podcast. And uh, yeah, definitely, guys, if you if you listen to the podcast, leave these guys a rating and review. Give them some encouragement. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've already noticed you guys have already made a lot of improvements since you first started. And I'm sure you'll continue to, which is awesome. Yeah, we're pretty excited, man. We hit... Um... 40 downloads the other day we're almost or a little over 40 we're about to hit 50 i think on our, our next podcast we should be able to hit 50 so you know hoping hoping to get to that 100 mark and then see where that goes you know so it's uh it's been nice we've been growing it feels like we're um getting a little audience and it's nice to know that people are listening and appreciate what you're doing yeah yeah that is always awesome so but yeah thanks again um uh, for coming on and being a part of it and helping us out and um uh, is everything you've done with the community and the Discord and everything else, man. We really, uh, really all all appreciate it. all of us, everybody in the Discord, not just myself and Jeff, but we all all are very glad for um, a place to go and hang out and um, you know a fun game and a nice podcast too. So we really um, appreciate that, man. So thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you guys. I guess that'll uh, wrap it up for this week. We'll be back next week with um, hopefully another guest and some more topics to discuss. And with that, we'll see you guys later. Goodbye.